Today's episode of Tigers SRD has been brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, brand new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7 and costs you nothing. That's right, it's sports coverage that's always on and always free. What can you go wrong with that? You can literally watch any sport you want. Really, if you like, let's say you want to watch college football, guess what? Bam, bowl season's coming up in a couple weeks. You want to get on all the bowls? There you go. CBS Sports HQ's coverage that's always focused on the game. Tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens, fantasy advice, and something we deeply care about here, gambling picks and analysis to get the extra edge. Look, MGM Casinos, they're doing a sports book, so why not use CBS Sports HQ to help you out with that? That's what I'm going to be using to get all my tricks and tips to win the bets. And don't forget, you can get all this great coverage completely free. I don't mean free for a week or a month, or if you have some sort of special cable package. It's completely 100% free for everybody. You don't even need a login. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone. Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, or any connected device anytime to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans at a great price of, guess what, free. You don't have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Get the scoop on Tigers today. Listening to Tigers SRD on SportsRadioDetroit.com. Welcome to episode 301 of Tigers SRD here on Tigers Minor Report Network, of course, at SportsRadioDetroit.com. I'm Roger Castillo, alongside with Chris Brown, and tonight is our. So he's made a. Okay, so I had to clear this up earlier. Brandon, I had a. I, I went back and checked. You've been on the show 11 times, but this is your fifth time this year. So I have. SNL does this great bit that Tom Hanks actually came up with the idea of a five-time club where they get a jacket and a patch. And this came out, I think it was the late 80s, where they had like Paul Simon, Chevy Chase, and I forgot who else was part of the original five-time Steve member. Martin, Steve Martin, maybe? yes, Steve Martin, yes, yeah. it was. Thank you. And I think Martin Short was on there, too, I believe. Maybe, I, I can't remember. But either way, welcome to the five-time, and that's gonna, I'm, I'm going to put that in there. I think Emily's in there. I'm not sure. I think me. I can't think of who else we are on there. But five times okay. total, or five times in a year. Five times total. It should be like I should have. Yeah, I should have okay. done this like a long time ago. But I'm. I just wanted to find a way to use that because it's one of my favorite bits on SNL, and SNL's been not been really good this year. So, but uh, anyway, welcome in Brandon I, from Bless You Boys. Uh, hey, good to be back, guys. Good to hear you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I remember that sketch. I'll say that, yeah, Saturday Night Live, like, the, the weekend update stuff is still, like, re- that's been reasonably good. I kind of like Colin Jost and Michael Che, but, yeah, it's been pretty hit or miss otherwise. But that's that's just usually how it goes. The best way to watch um, Saturday Night Live is on YouTube <laughs> after the yeah. fact. Yeah, <laughs> the clips that everybody's talking about. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to process it, too, now. Yeah, and you're right. Michael Che is, I think, under, vastly underrated. And then Colin Jost is dating Scarlett Johansson, and you would never know. And he's just kind sure. of, like, living the best life right there. So Yeah, yeah he's doing dates, quite well. I believe. Yeah, yep. Good deal for him. Anyway, you guys can now refer to me as Mister Steve Martin, and we'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah. The Five Timers Club. Yeah. yeah. No, that's some, yeah. So yeah, we'll we have um we'll put that in the Five Times Club, and I got your sizes, and we'll be good to go. So, but tonight we'll be talking. We'll recap the winter meetings for the Tigers. Go over 
the commissioner of baseball acting like a complete jackass. Some of the signings have been going on. And also a couple of uh, announcements going forward for the website, too. So we have a new article coming out. Joe Rampey's been just tearing it up, and he's got new stuff coming out. And, of course, also a minor announcement for myself. As of – and you guys – well, Chris knows this, but Brandon does not know, so I'm going to catch him totally off guard with this. As of oh, this God. week <laughs> – no, as of this week, I will be the site expert for Motor City Bengals. So it will be a uh, – I'll be helping out good old friend Kurt from the website. So I I know if we're – I think we're comp- – I don't know if we're comp- – I don't consider us competition, whatever. But either way, I'll be assisting over there with Motor City Bengals on the writing side of things, just kind of sticking with – I'll be doing podcasts still here. I'll be still doing minor league report. I'll be doing everything like that. But I'll be writing over there, contributing for the Motor City Bengals. And there's a Star Trek one over there too. Red shirts must die. So, <laughs> so oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, uh, working with Kurt is great. You'll uh, you'll have a great time doing that, and probably learn a whole ton. So that's that's super cool. Yep. Yeah. So I know that. I guess we're. I guess quote unquote. I don't rivals. I don't know. Even I don't. I'm thinking that either way. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a real. It's a Kobayashi Maru situation, isn't it? <laughs> Come but, uh, at me, Roger. No, 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 no. It's like I was telling Kurt. Like, Come at me with everything you've got. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I uh, was talking to Kurt about it, too, just kind of changing up a little bit where I'll still be allowed to do this and essentially kind of keeping that separate from everything else I do. And so there's not going to be a Motor City Bengals podcast or anything like that. If there is, it's going to be something completely not having to do with it, but just having the freedom to do what I wanted to do. And just continuing to grow. My goal is to grow as a writer as well. Cause, uh, I think that's something that, I mean, I write a lot of long-form articles and stuff like that. But I, I want to get better at writing. So, either way, Kurt um, talked to me about it before. I was kind of on the fence about it. But after talking about it over with my wife and talking about it with Chris and Mark, some other friends, I just kind of, let's say, go for it. Even though my schedule is insane already. But either way, <laughs> I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it happen. So the nice thing is, like, I mean, you know, yeah, you can you can always just make it work. You know, there's there's no obligations because no one pays us enough to really do this <laughs> at the level that we do it. So it's fine. Yeah. And that's the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and this, uh, Go ahead. It's kind of well, it's just, uh, you know, a bad time for the Tigers right now. So you don't have to worry about I, I'm still <laughs> impressed by the, the level of engagement we see, particularly on Twitter. But also I see, on you know, the bless you voice message boards about minor stuff that just doesn't matter. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. the the brief uproar over Anthony Castro not being added to the 40 man um, <laughs> yeah. it was like a two day thing and then suddenly oh look and then he was um, you got like 200 comments on, on the minor league rule 5 draft portion and stuff like this yeah yeah. so it's nice to see people are still engaged but uh, we don't have to worry about the public at large right now it's basically just the hardcore fans because everybody else is checked out I think yeah on sports maybe entirely god yeah, the, yeah, I mean the Lions, yeah the Lions gave up almost 400 yards in the first half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today. <laughs> the Michigan's playing Alabama in a bowl game, which means they're going to get rolled over. Sorry, Michigan fans, just I'm keeping it real. Michigan State had a bad season. The Pistons are, you know what? Look, the Pistons are not actually not that yeah, bad. Nice win last night. Yeah, nice win. Andrew or Andre Drummond's having a really good year. I'm uh, so Andrew. And, uh, <laughs> Andre Andre Drummond. He yeah, something he got a like a avocado-based eye infection or something like that. Yeah, because they're playing in Mexico. It's like eye was swollen shit because of avocados. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're playing yeah. in Mexico, so something in the water perhaps, too. I don't I don't know, too. That don't just know. Yeah, that just seems like it. It was, a, it was considered a home game, too, which is strange. But And then the Red Wings are just – Red Wings are all, what, yeah, lost 11, 11, 11 in a row or something like that. So it is truly a – crap time for all Michigan fans, but fear not, Alavila would come to the rescue. Not really, but uh, 
We'll start with the winter meetings as Austin Romine, former a good friend of Miguel Cabrera, was signed for a one-year deal. <laughs> Originally, it was reported two, and then it was reported for yeah. That was kind of shocking to me. Yeah, it was only two. You, you were shocked it was only one year, Chris, or it was just you thought it would be two? No, I, I when they when I saw two, I was like, what? But yeah, okay. yeah, they didn't only be in one year. Yeah, which made sense. So he will be the pretty much in terms of. Maybe the number one catcher, depending on how Jake Rogers' springs go, spring spring goes. But this is a guy who hasn't really had a full time. I mean, he's never played more than eighty games. But kind of a, I guess the the way they consider it, he's a positive presence around the clubhouse, kind of a mentor. And then the Tigers went and slacked the first pick of the draft in the Rule Five draft, Ronnie Garcia, and some of his profile. You guys talked about that. We've talked about this offline a little bit about. Or, I mean, among our chat, too, the scouting report is out there. Uh, Jacob Markle, uh, Jay Markle, as I should say, Jay did a really good write-up for him that got said some sources on. And his tool, best, best pitch is a fastball, goes anywhere from up tops out to 97. And then he got some information from Fangraphs, rated him very well. But it looks like he's going to be profiled as a reliever. Yeah, well, I, I think uh... – that's probably the way he will be used and probably his best role ultimately. But they did give themselves a little wiggle room here. It wasn't like they just took a for sure reliever. Like he's a guy who started, he's got kind of a starter's frame. Although he looks, he looks to me like what the Fangraphs guy call like a reverse projection pitcher. He just looks a little yeah. soft and doughy. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if that's mostly baby fat still, I mean, he is still 21, but, uh, He's the sort of guy you look like if you could get him in shape, he might even throw a little harder. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think what they did, in, in most cases in the Rule 5, you're going to end up with a pitcher who ends up being a reliever or a long man. Um, but they got a guy who, who at least has, I don't know, 25%, 20% chance of, of being a starter down the road, which is more than you could say for most, most uh, Rule 5 pickups. Yeah, and he's got, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say his, you know, his command is anything to write home about, but because he was a starter and was reasonably successful, he comes to you with a little bit better strike throwing ability, at least than you know, the average like flame throwing, you know, reliever pickup in the, in the rule five draft. So there's a little bit higher floor there maybe than for most. Um, I definitely think he has to be a reliever too. Like it's, it's pretty hard to imagine taking a dude who was okay at double a and dumping him right into the majors, um, a la Victor Reyes, but you know, but like putting him into like the, you know, the fifth spot in the rotation seems like a pretty big stretch, but yeah, he does give them, you know, another option that way um, to kind of put with, I guess, you know, to kind of pair with Dario Agrizal, I guess, as, as sort of fifth mm-hmm. starter options. And then you've got your Tyler Alexander, and then you've got your Bo Burrows and your Kyle Funkhauser. Um, all those guys are going to have to sort of like figure out, you know, what what role they've got because nobody really should be sticking around the, the minor leagues too much longer. So, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of felt like this is the last year where they really had the chance to to go ahead and try to take a young position player and maybe stash him with the tw- the extra spot in the roster this year. I kind of thought they might do that. Um, so I was a little surprised that they took a pitcher, but overall. Um, He's got pretty decent stuff. It's nice that he has some control. Um, there's There's been some talk about the cutter that he developed this year, which was pretty effective. Um, you know, over, overall, not a bad pickup, I don't think, as far you know, as far as Rule 5 picks go. Yeah, I was... Yeah, and I, I... Oh, go ahead, Roger. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just say, I, I was also kind of, you know, I, I tried to do a big preview for the Rule 5 and, of course, didn't even mention 
Ronnie Garcia, <laughs> so good on me. Um, yeah, it, it seemed like a good chance for them to, like Brandon was saying, just swing for the fences and, and try to get a, a position player who's obviously going to be super overmatched, but you might be able to stash him, and then he's one of your better prospects. But, uh, yeah, it, as it, you know, he like I said, he's 21, coming on 22. So most of the time, and he's already been a double A, like almost a full season in double A. So that's kind of a rare thing for a guy to, to get in the rule five you know he's had upper level experience and there's a little bit of uh a little bit of upside there and so i thought he was a dare i say a, a fairly smart pickup in the rule five in, in that uh you know there's never really much downside to taking a guy in the rule five if it doesn't work out you just send him back uh, yeah but there's there's a little bit of upside here and, and who knows i mean we know that they have uh starting pitching depth as it were but that really doesn't exist uh you never know how many starters you can need so you know, you get some, they, some talent when you can and, yeah and some of that depth obviously is depth that they don't want to have to turn to until yeah. you know midsummer when you're talking casey mize or manning or something so i you know one thing that eric longenhagen from fangraph said in that report that i thought was that stuck out as almost like something you'd never hear said was when he talked about, you know, the Tigers, you know, rapidly improving, you know, pitch design and impl- implementation process or something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, which tells me, and I've heard this elsewhere, that a lot of people really like the the hiring of Dan Hubs, um, who didn't really do all that well as a head, head coach at USC, but the, the demands of that job are a lot different than, you know, pitching yeah. and pitching coaching. And supposedly he has a really good reputation there. So it seems like some people like that hire and, and think he can do a few things with some of these guys. Um, Garcia does, you know, he does have a 2,400 RPM spin rate in the fastball. Um, doesn't really look like he uses that spin terribly well. Cause it's just, it's not a sinker. It's just kind of a tailing two seamer. Um, so maybe there's some, you know, some adjustments they can make to kind of, um, kind of use that spin a little bit more efficiently, maybe blend his arm slot together with the way he throws his slider a little bit more slider. looks like it kind of pops to me, you know, kind of, kind of obviously compared to the other mm. three pitches. So I don't know. But, it, but just to hear someone kind of compliment like anything in the Tigers player development was sort of like, oh, that's a surprising statement. So that was good to say. Yeah, I was curious if they said that just because of Scooble. Just like, well, they must have figured something <laughs> out with him because, you know, he's got this, he's got the proper spin and the good fastball and all. But, but, no, you're well, probably right. Be, like, well, they could be deceived by Matt Boyd as well. You know, we all know, we yeah. know that Matt Boyd figured out the slider and, and you know, kind of changed his, his fastball usage based on what he was doing at driveline, not with the Tigers. But from the outside, I don't know, maybe, that you know, if you're Eric Longenhagen, I'm not sure if you're paying that much attention to what the Tigers are doing. So, yeah, hard to say. Yeah, and even that's encouraging, too, considering that they hired the pitching coach from USC. So this is before even his implementation, which is which, by the way, got a lot of praise across the board from national people on the Tigers' recent hire, and that that's a positive sign. They did pick up an infield. The, the, the other two players they did pick up in the Rule 5 in the AAA phase was Ruben Garcia, former outfielder infielder in college who was pitching for the Orioles and for the Shorebirds of uh, Delvira. Delmira, I can't pronounce it correctly at the top of my head. Yeah. And then Brian Shills, who was a light-hitting infielder from the Twins, but he spent some time in the Marlins, and I believe there was another organization, too, with that as well. But Ruben Garcia was pop last year for 50 games for and 50 game ban for amphetamine, so uh, that derailed the season a little bit. But his numbers in AAA: 42 strikeouts and 29 innings pitched. He allowed 21 hits and had 10 walks and a WHIP of 1.06. And this is in full A. This is, I believe, it's high A 
Uh, that's the Baltimore Orioles affiliate out there. So it looks like he'll be starting the season in Toledo for depth, so which leads us to believe that a couple of the starters, perhaps like Casey Mize, might make their way onto the roster this year. But in terms of, you know, I can't really I, – I don't so know I, the – I'm sorry, go ahead, what? I think that he's listed on Toledo right now, but that's just because he was taken on the AAA phase of the the Rule Five. I'd be shocked if he starts in Toledo. If he does, it'll be as a reliever, I would think. Okay, or maybe um, sort of what about Lakeland? Probably. Yeah, he could be. He could be. Maybe. Guys taken in the minor league Rule Five draft are, are generally just roster filler in the minors. You know that. So I was mentioning. I think Justin Bohr is the only guy I can remember who actually was taken in the Rule Five, the minor league portion, and then went on to have. Any sort of major league career, yeah. Um, it's just kind of yeah, a lot of role somewhere in the in the organization. Usually, yeah. Yeah. So and then, I mean, so I guess Brian Shells takes over the Pete Cosma rule, where the <laughs> role is yeah. like a, a guy who will show up every day, play good defensive baseball, maybe hit, but we'll see. But I mean, he's he's much younger than Pete Cosma, who I think is doing the Australian Baseball League again, but. Uh, just wait till Jordy Mercer comes back in that role too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's it, it's to me the lack of like in terms of just like then the Tigers got quiet. There was still nothing. You saw that the Marlins went and, and Marlins are having a really good offseason. I, I I mean I just it just continues to blow my mind that just a year or two ago they've been they were just a laughing stock. They're just just really not doing much. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they've they've had a, they had a real good. They, I like the rule five pick. They picked Sterling Sharp, the local native who was in the national system. And yeah. I mean, even mm-hmm. they're they're still their their payroll is still going to be dirt cheap, but they still have made be able to go and add some players. They had Vilma from from Baltimore, um, who I think they picked him up for I think or yeah, it was ten. Ten point four million, but is are are they, are they picking up all that salary or? I'm not sure how that's going to work. Yeah, I think they made a. I think they traded for him at some point. Like it was <clears throat> that had like a weird process to it, where he cleared waivers, but then they still had time to trade him. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but, you know, it was kind of funky. Yeah, the well, they did some that. trades last year. Yeah, exactly. It's a, I was going to get to. Yeah, they you know they traded for Jazz Chisholm from uh, from Arizona. Sent them Zach Galen, who is probably more major league ready than the Marlins needed to be. Um, that's kind of one of those trades that looks like it might be kind of a win win. So some of the deals that yeah, I thought the the Marlins and the Diamondbacks bull, who our buddy uh, Mr. Garash will constantly tell everyone, uh, you know, these teams are you know at least being aggressive about you know retooling and turning things around. Um, Arizona's already kind of you know. At least, I mean, you could say they haven't leapfrogged the Tigers necessarily, but their, um, you know, their farm system is pretty, pretty equivalent, fairly, um, and they've got a much better major league roster, or at least a more well-rounded one. So, yeah, I mean, it does does seem like we're watching some of the lesser teams who have typically been the laughing stocks, even um, at least be aggressive and seem like they they know what they're trying to do, um, rather than, you know, whatever we're doing, waiting for things to fall in our lap or something. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and even like a guy like they signed him. This happened a couple of days ago too, and then reliever from the Dodgers, uh, Yimmy or Yimmy Garcia, who put up yeah. some good numbers, and he's a guy who who really can he doesn't really walk a lot of guys. And but the problem is though, I mean, he does give up a lot of homers, so that's that's kind of a problem. But maybe get back with your former manager, Don Magnoli. Maybe the Marlins might be able to figure out something. But it's a serviceable, and that costs him what a million bucks. 
And, I, and I, yeah. did the Tigers – nope. I mean, the Tigers could probably use another reliever in there. But uh, the also the good news about the Rule 5 is that Vladimir Pinto, who is our AAA – or excuse me, our one of our minor league players of the year that we called out in our system – does not get picked up, so another fast, you know, uh, which, I, I, which by the way, Chris, I, I have to give you kudos, is that there's a lot of teams that have relievers very similar. I was kind of petrified about him possibly being oh. picked up, but Pinto is... Well, a, I, mean, I, I think what I was projecting, I, I thought that they would protect him just because, but yeah, I mean, it, I, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because guys like that, every team has a handful of them, uh, but they're also the easiest ones to stash in the major league level. Yeah. Although it doesn't always work out as with Reed Garrett last year. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I guess it is just, it's sort of what we expected, I think, out of the Tigers. That there's just, there's still no sort of creativity that you see or any, honestly, any real planning for the future other than the prospects. You don't see them signing, at least not yet. We haven't seen them sign guys who could be part of the foundation for the next couple of years or, you know, target young major leaguers who maybe have fallen out of favor elsewhere. We don't see anything like that. They just basically, you know, Romine is what we expected. They, they wanted a veteran catcher they could bring in who wouldn't uh, demand all the playing time so that they could see if they have anything in Griner or Rogers this year. And if they do, then whatever. If they don't, then they move on to the next stopgap. And it's just, uh, I don't know. It's it's about what we expected, but it's still kind of disappointing to see these other teams, like Brandon was saying, you know, other teams that have been laughing stocks and they're out doing creative things and signing players and, and you know, they maybe they don't have a great future, but they're trying stuff, which is more than the Tigers can say. Yeah. How long has it been since the Marlins traded Giancarlo? Two two seasons? <laughs> it that, seems like uh, I think yeah, it's I mean, Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they already seem to be back to the point of like, all right, they, they think maybe they can do something. I mean, they've got to sign Yasiel Puig, I assume, right? You gotta, they got to do that. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I liked um, Jorge Alfaro, who they got for JT Romuto last year. Um, six six Sanchez is still a little bit, you know, a little bit away um, from whatever he's he's going to do as a major leaguer. But, yeah, I mean, eh, they, yeah, they've done some things. I don't, I don't really like looking up at the Marlins. I'll, I'll, I'll just put it that way. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, even yeah, if, and I kind of dug the I dug their draft last year too. They got a bunch of college outfielders. Yeah, and then including. Uh, well, go ahead, Chris. I'm well, sorry. No, I was I, I forgot his name anyway. The dude from you know they picked one spot ahead of the Tigers, but they got the dude from Vanderbilt. Yeah. yeah. Oh God! How soon I uh, forget. I know it goes by so fast. Is it? Uh, it starts with a K, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was the guy I wanted, Jared. I can't remember. Led. Led minor league baseball or led the college baseball in home runs. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I got it. I got it. I, I, I picked it up here. Uh, here's who's who they drafted. Uh, that's right here. So they drafted uh, JJ uh, Bode. Thank you. Bode. Yeah. yeah there you Jesus. Go. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> for the comp- the uh, cat, uh, you're talking about Cameron Miser, who they picked up in the campaign. They, they also got Miser, and then they also got uh, what's the other. Uh, Peyton Burdick, who was uh, actually in my my fake mock draft, I had the Tigers taking him in like the seventh round, and then he went in the third round. And I'm like, damn it! Um, <laughs> I he... think he came out and had kind of a monster debut. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, out of, uh, out of Wright State, I believe. I think I, don't yeah. know why I remember that. But uh, either way, yeah. So the Marlins are doing things. Uh, another a couple of interesting signs before we get to the big big ones too. The Brewers addressing their depth, their pitching depth by picking up uh, a 
who I thought the Tigers should have picked up, but a couple last couple times in Brett Anderson, as the Brewers last year stumbled. I don't want to say stumbled, but they just were so injury ridden by the time they couldn't. They're trying to do any stopgag measure for a fourth or fifth starter. Picked up Brand Anderson. It was a pretty good move for them. They also signed uh, who the Tigers were linked to, Josh uh, Limbaum, who was out in Korea pitching. So the yep. Brewers, Brewers doing some mm. good things, small moves to to strengthen themselves a little bit. And I thought I, I really like that. The Mets picked up a pair of pitchers in Rick Porcello for a one year deal, so he can demonstrate that he's worth long term money. And then Michael Waka, another uh, another serviceable starter that goes off the market. And for him, he will he signs at. Only really, what surprised me was how much money he signed for. Um, only was it th- in terms of like just I think it was over eight million dollars. But I think I know I think it's eight like depending on all his um, incentives, what have you. But that's a that's a pretty good bargain for. So I, I don't know, but the I, I don't I don't know like after the the way the last two off seasons have gone, I didn't I honestly didn't even think Waka was going to get that much <laughs> after the season he had last year. I kind of was like. I don't know. I think he's probably going to get like three or four million. So I don't know. Let's see. Oh well, no, it was only it was three million to the Mets. Okay, and then what's some the, yeah, yeah, the base some in the base, yeah. and then with the incentives, it can kick up a little bit, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's fine. With that's, the I mean, then. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how you you go about signing these guys anyway. The reclamation projects or whatever. You give them another five hundred grand if they hit, hit like a hundred innings or two hundred innings, yeah. all that stuff. And then yeah, Travis Shaw. Uh, Five million, but if he hits twenty or more home yeah. runs, then he gets another two million. If he hits thirty, he gets another million. Take note. Yeah. Take note, Al. Get on it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, the imagination part of it, and even Tampa too. They, they signed the I, I don't know the staff over there. You guys like Tutsugo? The, yep, Tutsugo. They signed him to a two-year deal. The Rays still continuing to be inventive, while just still going to be probably contending next year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean he didn't that's... cost that. He just didn't cost that much. I mean, you know, he might he might well come in and and just get exposed. You know, that his his bat speed just can't handle major league pitching or whatever. Uh, he definitely has po- plenty of power and pretty good discipline. So I, I'm not predicting that he's a total bust or anything. But yeah, they I mean they didn't really have to pay that much for him. Even with the posting fee, it seems like it's going to be under twenty million. So yeah, mm-hmm. and we were supposedly looking at him. So yeah. Tigers are looking at lots of things. A lot of window window shopping going on this time of year. I wonder how much it costs to fly like the whole team out there to San Diego for like four days, and then come back with one player, two player. Yeah, yep. probably not that much, but still. Probably not. Well, maybe not that much, but a substantial okay. sum, no doubt. You know what the Tigers are doing reminds me. What the Tigers are doing reminds me of is like when you had a when you were a kid. I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid. I had a Toys R Us catalog, and I get the catalog. What I do is I cut out <laughs> what I wanted, and I put it on a piece of paper, and I would subtly suggest yep. to my parents what I wanted, <laughs> and that's what I would do to my dad. That, or that's what I do to my parents, and that's what the Tigers do. Maybe they had a, maybe they had like a cutout of like they just they did the, uh, what's it, uh, big heads or what's that? What's um fat heads? Fat heads. They got a bunch of fat heads, right? And they cut them out, and they're like, these are the players we want. And that's what Avila was trying to do. He was like, "This is what the guys want," and they just couldn't get him. So um, they just lead. Uh, they just lead Chris Illich into a darkened room, you know, <laughs> with a blindfold on as well, and uh, holding one dart, and uh, just spin him until he releases said dart, and then you just get whatever whatever you hit, and that's the off season. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of uh, well, instead of yeah. Castro, it was uh, it was it was Andrew Romine. 
<laughs> well, yeah, in fairness, uh, you know, last year we, we talked about the Tigers were one of the few teams who were actually signing players and, and none of that worked out. And then nobody else signed for the like the next three months. So I wonder if they're just like they kind of like gun shy now, like eh, we'll just wait to see who's left. So instead of, you know, going out and signing a Matt Moore and a Tyson Ross immediately. Yeah. Um, so I can't I, I guess, you know, yeah. we complained about it last year and now it's the opposite this year. So I don't know if I keep complaining, but I'll try. No, yeah, as for me, I will keep complaining because, you know, last year we didn't really crush them that hard. We knew they weren't going to really do anything. You know, they signed their their couple of cheap guys and they didn't work out. And, you know, that's just the way it goes. And it led to a brutal season, of course. But, you know, we've got some more. It's another year. We've got some of the guys who are up, you know, we'll have a little bit more experience next year. You know, you can look forward to Isaac Paredes and Daz Cameron maybe making it by season's end, as well as the pitching prospects. You know, we're a little bit closer to, to where I feel like rather than just trying to fill out a couple things with, you know, two or three really cheap and probably pointless players. Yeah, like that, that's why I keep feeling like, hey, take your take your shot, go after like a Travis Shaw or even Domingo Santana. You know, to, to, they're both flawed. Um, Santana, you don't want really in the outfield at the same time as Kristen Stewart. But too bad because no one on this team can hit because we don't have, even have Nick yeah. Castellanos anymore. So, I mean, they, they damn well need to do something because it, it's not impossible that this could be a lot worse than than last year. Like a lot of things went wrong last year, but and, you know, the team probably wasn't literally a 47 win team. Um, I, I think the, the starting rotation was worth like 10 or 11 war. Yeah, um, they, they were right in the middle um, and we've got more pitching coming. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's not a single bat, you know, on the entire team that you can depend on, <clears throat> you know, and Miguel Cabrera right now. I don't know whether to hope, you know, that he has a decent season and is okay, or if it wouldn't just be better for everyone if he just blows something out and is out most of the season. You know, it's uh, that's that's where we're at. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if they're going to talk all this big talk, and we haven't really gotten into it and all the quotes, but you know, I mean, they've made a lot of noises about, you know, we're going to be a lot better on the field next year. The rebuild is over. You know, we're ready to start trying to do some things to put a better product on the field. Like, yeah, okay. But you can't just sign Austin Romine and like Brian Dozier and you know and, and try to sell me on this. That's <laughs> not gonna happen. I, I I woke up last night in the middle of the night and actually the thought just popped into my head like we're gonna get Brian Dozier, aren't we? And uh, <laughs> I think I might be right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? By the way, uh, a friend of the show, Mark uh, Mark Garosh, uh just sent me an interesting tidbit that Bruce wrote. Bruce uh, wrote on, Bruce wrote or uh, Rondon. Bruce Rondon is pitching for. Malagalis in the winter in the Venezuelan winter league. Oh. So that's a that's a tidbit to add there. But uh yeah, you know what? That <laughs> that's funny. Um Well good for him. I'm glad he's still still getting after it. I just lo- saw Casey Crosby come back out of, you know, fucking nowhere, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, well it was so weird seeing him pitching and then hitting like hundred miles an hour and, and now <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and of course it was it the Dodgers? Yeah, the Dodgers are like, yeah, you know what? We'll be the smartest guys in the room. We'll we'll take a chance on them. Of course they will, because that's the fucking Dodgers. That's what they do. And even the other thing too is there's Caesar. Is it C- it's Caesar Hernandez? Or is it um, Cesar? Yeah, Cesar. Yeah, Cesar yeah, yes, Cesar, yeah, for the Phillies. That guy's out there. Yomar Sanchez. You guys have talked about him. He's out there. Nothing. And so I'm I'm just kind of wondering. I, I mean, don't want Yomer Sanchez, by the way, just to just to interject. <laughs> Why is no, see, that's thing, I, know, I, know, I know what you're saying, though. Like, you know, Travis had... and, you know, and Cesar Hernandez and, you know, you bring back like Matt Moore for a million dollars to see if his knee's OK. I'm OK with that. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that going into next season. That would make me about as happy as they're going to make me. 
yeah, we had somebody asked us a question about why haven't they signed Yelmer Sanchez yet? And, uh, you know, part of it is, I think, again, despite what they're saying, that they don't really care to, like, compete that much this year. Or, like, you don't want veterans. They want a bunch of young guys to, to fight for playing time. But also, Yelmer Sanchez isn't very good. Yeah. He's, he's all his value is basically tied to his glove. And that's not really what you want at second base anymore. You don't, I mean, they had Dixon Machado. They don't need another guy like that. I mean, he's been okay, but there's a reason the White Sox let him go when they're trying to, you know, get better and compete. They yeah. thought, thought that there were better options. Yeah, that question. And when you, when you have nobody on your team who can hit, like, you know, you, you shouldn't need to emphasize, like, finding defenders. <laughs> you know, that, that should be, yeah. you should be able to make that happen, yeah, for, you know, one way or the other. Even though their defense was very bad, that's still, it was. I, I, they need hitters, as you said. They, they got none. I mean, yeah. Nico Goodrum. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and I mean, you probably agree with this. Like, you know, we expect Kristen Stewart to be, you know, like, okay, like a, like yeah. some kind of a useful hitter. Um, and yeah, you got Nico Goodrum, Jacoby Jones and Victor Reyes show, both showed some little, little tiny signs that they might not be a black hole at the plate next year. But yeah, that's, that's it. That is, that is all. <laughs> that's all there is. Uh, Jamer. They're going to give him another shot. And I, I love Jamer. I, I could, I'm really hoping something changes for him. But, um, yeah, I don't know. He's not exactly wrecking shop in the in winter league ball. And, you know, we, we can just hope and wait and see, I guess. But Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be a struggle to have another. It's going to be you know, to get a 100 later runs created plus hitter. Then it's probably not one on the team right now. Maybe Jacoby. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in that article I wrote, you know, about uh, about Austin Romine and how that's fine as long as they go and spend some money, some, some more money. That's just me. That's all just me setting up so that when they don't do anything, I can just come down like hell unleashed on Alabila at this point. <laughs> just like, here, we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt, big fella. All right. You want the benefit of the doubt? You're talking a big game, yeah. talking about how we're going to do some things and start moving, you know, turning things around. All right. We'll prove it or I'm going to crush you. <laughs> and, then I might, and then I might quit. <laughs> that might be the last thing I do at Flashback. I don't want to watch this anymore. Oh, so drop the mic and leave. Yeah, just drop. Yeah, yeah just go hey, or just give a drop kick too. I mean, the drop kick to the face might be work too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, 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 I don't, oh, I don't want to promote. I don't want to promote violence. Sorry, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna produce four consecutive podcasts that will each be one side of Lou Reed's Metal Machine music, and uh, <laughs> I'll just walk away. <laughs> You know what? No, I just want you. You know what? I want you to do like a, a four part podcast because on Steely Dan's Pretzel Logic because it took so long. <laughs> it so it took so long the damn happened. So you can kind of correlate it to the Tigers. Like, look, Don, Donald Fagan was so particular about how he wanted his sound that Pretzel Logic took forever. You know, or like Fleetwood Mac's Tusk because it cost a million dollars and it took him forever because Fleetwood Mac was still fighting with each other. You could do it that way. You, there's a way to correlate it that. And by the way, that question uh, that we got from about uh, about Sanchez too was from, and I just lost my place. And he actually <laughs> hosts a pretty pretty good podcast. Is a uh, Corey Kennedy, yeah, Corey Kennedy, and I checked out his podcast earlier. It's a uh, it's called uh, Larkside Radio, which is a podcast on out of out of Toledo. It's a really cool little like just comedy stuff. So uh, thanks, Corey, for that question. Really appreciate it. So the other question we had. Uh, we can address this real quick before we move on to pitching because it, it actually segues into pitching. Is from uh, another Toledo. We've been a lot of Toledo love lately, so it's kind of nice. Siffer um, Mike at Michael Siffer or Siffer Michael. Should the Tigers be working their way to get Casey Mize to complete a season before bringing him to the MLB? Um. Well, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what they're going to want to do next year anyway. 
I certainly don't think he's going to get more starts in the majors than he does in the minors. Yeah. Um, I, you know, what did, what did he throw last year? Like 107 innings? Yeah. Yep. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that they'll probably – a complete season for him would be like 140 innings, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's they'll, not they'll go for. And, and I would guess – I bet he starts back into uh, Erie for like a handful of starts, and then they move him up to Toledo. And then uh, later in the year, maybe he comes up to the Tigers. Yeah, it's, just, it's one that. of those things where he's probably probably ready to come up and get beat around in the majors a little bit, uh, but it just doesn't do anything for the Tigers to do that. So yeah, I, I think they're just kind of crossing their fingers that he stays healthy until they're ready to to go all in with all these these prospects. But eh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think durability is is like the major question with him, but it's not the major question as far as like whether or not he pitches in the major leagues or not. Like he's he's probably ready to, like Chris said, probably ready to go up, you know, take a few lumps and maybe and maybe be reasonably good already, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a question of you know trying to get his feet under him, you know, trying to make sure he's yeah, make sure he's healthy. You know, you probably want to see him if if Chris is right and they send him to Erie for a little bit and that you know so that they can kind of sort things out at Toledo for a month, maybe, and then go from there. I, I could still see Casey Mize being up by June or, you know, early July if yeah. he's pitching really well, because he's not going to be, I guess, I guess the point is he's not going to throw 180 innings and be available to you for a September call up um, un- unless he gets injured in the middle of the season and then comes back later. Yeah. So, so he, yeah. So, I mean, I, I still think you will, you will see Casey Mize probably next season um, health permitting, but yeah, it's not going to be, like they, they turn the keys over to him in, in June and say like, Hey, take it to the house or anything like that. He'll probably get, you know, five, six starts or something. And, and, you know, they'll let him get his feet wet and call it a day. Yeah. And what I don't see, and, and unless he gets injured, like you said, is where he spends the entire year in the minors. Like I, I think they might like to do that in their heart of hearts. Yeah. But, but I suspect, yeah, he will come up. It'll be a double header or whatever. And they'll come up and give him a start and people will be excited and he'll go three innings and, It'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, and it's kind of the reverse of uh, of what they did with Jake Rogers, like because you don't you don't want Casey Mice to just pitch, you know, in the minor leagues until he hits some, you know, 150, 160 inning threshold, and then you can bring him up. I mean, if he's ready to come up and, and pitch, and we all think he probably is, as soon as he's he's doing well and and looking solid, um, you can probably do that. Whereas with Rogers, it was a little bit more of yeah, we'd all like to see him, but we'd also like to have a you know a full-time legit catcher who we've all begged you to sign last off season so that he could just play a little bit and kind of, you know, get his feet wet. Cause uh, he was not ready and he was uh, quickly overwhelmed uh, by the situation on both ends of the ball. I would say. I mean, even the one thing about Casey Myers. To too... an... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was going to say to answer a question that wasn't asked as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm not, no, they, they appreciate the effort, but I, I, I just think that, when it, I think with Mize, to me, I think they're going to baby him more because I mean, not baby him more. That's just there's going to be more and more of an emphasis on him hitting a inning threshold. I, I mean, I, I don't. It's just like it's just. I think out of the starters that are going to come up this year, of, of which of the, the next potential batch, I you know, I, at some point is it going to be? Here's here's a question for you guys, but I I think for me, Alex Fado is going to get his shot early on only because there's still Matt Manning still young, what have you. And with the addition, I mean, you look at Kyle Funkhauser coming out of the bullpen 
and Bo Burrows, what have you. But I, out, of, out of the other ones that were in Erie, I think I think Fado might make his appearance first before the other two. That's just me, but I don't know what you guys think about that before we move on. I, I, I could see. Oh yeah, it's hard to tell because it could be Scooble too. If Scooble's just you know lights <laughs> out to start the year, he's he's a college pitcher. He's you know you might just feel like all right, all right yeah, go for it. It could be Joey Wentz. It could be like they yeah. they've got yeah. like six dudes now who like it just it might just be whose turn it is in the rotation. But um, yeah, that's yeah, that's I mean, a good point those, too. Yeah. It, but then again, none of those dudes are on the forty man. I, I don't believe so. I mean, that, not that they don't have room, but it's always another extra thing. We're like, well, we had to say goodbye to Sergio Alcantara today. Right. Shed here. Here's Casey Mai. But Yeah, um, typically you're going to have to sit through, yeah, them them trying a whole bunch uh, before, before they decide to uh, to push it, yeah, and, and make a 40-man adjustment, I would assume. But as we all know, there's plenty of guys in the 40-man who can go bye-bye and, and no one will care. Yeah. I'm not I'm not necessarily convinced that Roni Garcia is even better than Mark than Marcos Diplon, like not by by yeah. a substantial margin. So we're we're kind of getting to the point where unless you get rid of some of the the positional guys who aren't any good, you're just kind of spinning your wheels with the pitching, um, you know, until these guys are all disgorged to use that word into the major leagues. <laughs> Oh, fully, fully enough, fully <laughs> shoved over the side, the... <laughs> like, like a, like a giant clot, or, um, or like the sarcastic, yeah. or like the pits in, um, uh, or, or Return of the Jedi, those, uh, sar- oh yeah, the sarcastic picks or whatever. Sarlacc pits. Yeah, sarlacc yeah, the pits. There we go. Yep. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Uh, Damn but, that thing! I, that creeped me out when I was a kid, for sure. Oh yeah, Good no, job. definitely. And, and and then you've I, well, I read a, I've read a lot of Star Wars fiction to find out later that Boba Fett made it out of there, but barely. And yeah, that's another story for another time. For I mean, if we're gonna plug, <laughs> we could plug in. We could definitely plug was, the Mandalorian. <laughs> What's up? Oh, I'm not I'm not a huge Star Wars guy uh, by any means, but I did. Uh, I think um, Star Wars people probably know this, but Boba Fett's first appearance was in like the the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> I don't know if it. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, it's horrible. It, it looks the most batshit thing I've ever seen. Like, there's a little little baby Wookie watching. <laughs> it's it's so weird, man. Like these weird psychedelic dance routines and stuff. Like, it's, it's, yeah. like I've only seen clips. That's that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Chewbacca's wife had lipstick. Like, it was, she was made to be known. She's female, and I think like it, it was so funny. There's a joke about like Carrie Fisher being just completely stoned out of her mind and like same thing Mark Hamill had so much makeup on and George Lucas wants that abolished from the record because it was just they all looked coked out of their mind it was like the late 70s it was just right. yeah oh hey, I mean, yeah, you, you, you watch it that thing you better you're gonna have to offer me some stuff so. <laughs> <laughs> sit through this like, yeah 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 so yeah it was yeah it was they, 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 they had to get paid quite a bit of money for that but uh anywho uh, moving on to some bigger signings. So Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees, which I honestly I thought was, I was a little surprised with. I thought he would end up in L.A. but uh, as an Angel, but uh, Angel signed Anthony Rondon, who you know the Dodgers pursued him quite heavily, but he didn't want to have that quote be part of quote that Hollywood <laughs> lifestyle, which I don't know what that means, but or I know what that means, but it's just really stupid. So yeah. I, apparently, it's, yeah, he's living in Anaheim instead. I guess I, I mean it's yeah, yeah, like well, Calabasas. I'm not sure how you can avoid the the evils of the the Hollywood system, you know, in in Anaheim, but not you know, 
<laughs> wherever you'd be living on the south south side of LA to go to Chavez Ravine every day. I don't, I don't really. Yeah. Yeah. That that felt like a comment that had absolutely nothing to do, you know, with anything other yeah, than I, his political views. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm uh, and I'm sure that the Angels gave him far more money than the the Dodgers were. Maybe not far more, but you know, yeah. what, what do you get? Seven years and two hundred forty-five million, like the same as Strasburg. Yeah, I think that's that was true. Uh, significantly more than I was expecting. Yeah, but the Dodgers aren't really going to, yeah, weren't really going to do that. Um, I mean, Anthony Rendon is only, he's heading into his age 30 season. So six six years seemed seemed reasonable. So they went seven. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody seems to be trying to do something. And the Angels kind of had to do that. But now that they've done that, it, they, they kind of need to do a whole lot more. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. We're all we were before we even got on the air. We were all looking at the Angels like, yeah, I don't I don't know how you find the pitching now. I, I just can't see it. So yeah, we're gonna, gonna need to do some trading. Yeah, which which <laughs> leads me to believe too that, that that starts up the whole Matt Boy rumor thing again. That I, I saw I saw Jay Markle talk about that too a little bit about you know you have to kind of trade Matt Boyd at this point to the Angels because the Angels are gonna have to like in terms of they were they were interested in Corey Kluber who went to Texas, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, but the Indians wanted their prospect Brandon Marsh, and the Angels were like, "Nah, I don't, you know, we're not gonna do that." Um, who I think he's he, he considered like in terms of in terms of Fangraphs, he was seventy fourth best prospect in all of baseball. So, I mean, yeah, he's a he's a back end of the top one hundred type guy. He's a looks like a, a sort of regular outfielder with some potential dynamic skills. Yeah, he's but not I'm playing, trying to wait. Was was he's not playing shortstop his... anymore? Oh, Marsh. Yeah. No, he's just outfield. Okay. Um, what is Kluber's contract? Was he? Is this his final year? Or has he got two years? Uh, they, I think there's something next year. It might yeah. be an option. So yes, he's oh, so he's owed seventeen point five right. in twenty twenty, and he's controlled uh, for club option twenty twenty one at eighteen at eighteen million. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, the, the Indians did this deal to in terms of they tried to do a lot of different things, but remarkable. Yeah, Chris Antony spoke about it to uh, to the Athletic and said quote, a variety of different packages off by a lot of teams that had interest in Corey was that I mean in terms of who the so the so the trade in essence was for Delano Shields Jr. and right hander Emmanuel Class who plus five hundred thousand dollars in a split of the salary bonus from that so this is from MLB trade rumors and. In terms of, I know I know what the Shields is all about, Junior. But do you guys know anything about Emmanuel Class at all? He throws really hard. Yeah, that's about it. That he was kind of making a little bit of noise, you know, sometime this year. I remember hearing his name as like a guy who was rising, you know, one of the, the you know the better young relief arms or something in the game, some article. But uh, but yeah, not a lot. Just that yeah, he's he's got gas, and they must really like him. <laughs> they must really think he's something. Yeah. So. I'm... Yeah, let's see. What was his average velo this year? It was ninety nine point three. Hey, uh, you know, with a ninety point five mile an hour slider, and I believe his fastball is actually a cutter, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, he throws really hard, but it is it is remarkable that basically they traded their former ace. Uh, you know, who knows how good he's going to be? But was he a two time Cy Young winner? Um, yeah, I think so. With two years of relatively, uh-huh. you know, inexpensive control. I mean, that's basically what uh, Bumgarner's making, right? About 17, 18 million. Yeah. Um, for a fourth outfielder and a hard throwing reliever, it's it's kind of remarkable. That's all that they were able to get. I, I I'm stunned by that. 
even if yes. they, I mean, Kluber, if, if, maybe they know that he's fallen off a cliff, but man. But it didn't, am I wrong, but didn't Kluber get hit with a baseball and that's, that's what, you know, what jacked up his arm? <laughs> like, it's not like he had, I don't I think so. he had like an injury injury, like a, a, a use injury. Um, so yeah, you would think that they would, you know, they would want to want more or hang on to him for a little bit and see if you can get some kind of rebound next year. They've got plenty of starting pitching. Um, I, I kind of sit there and think like, yeah, I wonder what they could have got for, for one of their younger guys. Like, you know, would someone overpay for Bieber right now thinking he's an up and comer when maybe he's as good as he's going to be, or, or, you know, not even going to, going to keep that level up. Some of those guys, you would think they could do something like that with, but it feels like selling light for Kluber. So I assume they just want it out of the money since they're talking about trading, um, you know, Francisco Lindor as well, yeah. which would be, wow. That's just, that's just a crazy thing to consider. And, and the, the, what I find, cause what I find interesting too, is that here they are, they can make this trade because they're so deep at pitching and knowing full well, the division is just, the division's a joke. So with the white Sox, probably what a year or two away of, contending but it was something that along and something that jeff ells who you can follow him at jeff uh friend of the show jeff mlb draft and it really was one of those things to me that he was he was talking about this about the the fans um in terms of the fan reaction to this all there was just like this real disinterest in making it to club better but they have to spend some money they they should they spent they shed about 14.5 million today you make a trade for one of the team's most fran- best franchise players of all time in terms of pitchers, and the the fan base is still going to continue the revolt. I mean, there's two sides of Indian fans who are just like they're not spending enough, and then when they when they have, like, no one goes to the ballpark anyway. So I don't know. It seems like a double-edged yeah. sword for the for the Indians. It it is tough there because the fan base doesn't seem to really encourage the team to to do any more than they do. And for all the hardcore fans, it's just got to be, you know, absolutely maddening because, you know, you look at the amount of talent that's come through there in the last, you know, five years and you're still talking about trading Francisco Lindor away. Like if you do that, you know, I I don't know why you don't kind of start tearing down even further than that. Um, Maybe you wait for Jose Ramirez to bounce back a little bit and try to trade him, too, because, yeah, I mean, without Lindor, that team kind of doesn't strike me as anything other than a good rotation. Um, and my God, could we trade for Francisco Lindor, please? <laughs> this would be our Miggy. This would be the Miggy of the decade move. I would love to to, to uh, trade for Francisco okay. Lindor and sign him for all the money. That would be great. I, mean, I love that. Dude. Yeah, that, it's insane that they like. Yeah, I mean, first of all, he's one of the best players in baseball. He's got this enormous personality, this incredible smile. He seems like a great dude. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't just immediately try to make that guy your franchise player and give him all the money. But I guess they don't have any money, and um, I guess he must have been smart enough to resist whatever you know yeah, extension overtures went on the way a lot of the, the pitchers there haven't been. So yeah, and, and a lot of the younger uh, stars, like you know the Acuna's of the world or whatever, they sign these deals that that basically sentence them to life with with their team. I mean, they're making money and, and getting security, but it's not nearly as much as they can get later on. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, good for him on, on avoiding that. You know, it's sort of like Mookie Betts doing the same thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 got to be tough. They they watched CC Sabathia mm-hmm. get traded away, and then Cliff Lee get traded away, and now Kluber yeah. and Bauer. Who cares? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they lost just, they lost Vmart in free agency. Yeah. 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 
So although maybe he was coming from Boston, then I can't remember. Yeah, maybe he was. <laughs> they wanted it. Well, I think they wanted him back, uh, and then the Tigers re reopt Vmart for that second uh, more uh, troublesome dude, I, contract. Yeah. 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 I mean, oh, that was that was one of the ones too. That was uh that's one of the contracts that uh, just just sank the whole ship. So, but yeah, Francisco Lindor, twenty six years old, twenty six, like his whole life ahead of him. <laughs> Whatever you can do to get that guy, you should try to do. And I assume the Dodgers and a few other teams are are plotting seriously how to, how to make that happen. So, yeah, yeah, and, and good for the Rangers too. I mean, the Rangers they got Kyle, signed Kyle Gibson and Jordan Lyles. So, I mean, you already have Lance Lynn and Mike Miner. That's a makeup to be a pretty good rotation. However, and this was according to Brooks Baseball, his uh, fastball velocity sat for Corey Kluber at 92.43. So, was it, I mean, his, his strikeout rate was down last year, and his walk rate was up. So, is it just the beginning of the end, or did he not fully recover from the injury? And then you mentioned the line driver earlier, Brandon. He wasn't really the same after that either. So, it, it, the could be a Fractured ulna. Yeah. So, the elbow or... Yeah, so maybe it's just a combination of a fr- perhaps having a fresh start. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Because, I mean, when did he he was done after May. So, yeah, I mean, it just seems like selling incredibly low <laughs> on Corey yeah. Kluber to me. Um, I mean, when, you know, your Ulna is like if you hold your forearm up with your, you know, like hold your right forearm up, it's the outside bone, the long one. And, uh, you know, you get that, that thing breaks. It grows right back. It's fine. I wouldn't worry too much about, you know, about a broken bone like that because it's not in the joint from what I recall. So, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like they, they kind of dealt him dealt him low. Um, and that's OK. You know, that, those are the Indians problems. And, you know, they had their brief brief window. And I, I guess that's all that's all they can they can manage. But from the Rangers perspective, like you get Corey Kluber now and now it feels like the pressure is really on them. And it's weird how this works, because, yeah, you know, like you make one move and your franchise is kind of happy. And then everybody goes like. Well, you have to sign Josh Donaldson now, right? And then you have to yeah. sign Marcelo Zuna probably because, you know, the Rangers don't really have that much offensively. It's, you know, it's the Joey Gallo show know. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I know it's, you know, they're they're opening their new stadium, which new stadium, yep. caught fire the other day, which wasn't a, a oh, great Oh, God, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was smoking on, on television quite quite profusely. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't come back to find out what happened, but um, but you know they want to make some kind of a splash there, I guess, for that. But yeah, it still seems like you need you know at least two good bats to to really you know kind of talk your hardcore fan base into thinking anything you know was was going to change there this year, unless the Astros just get like censored and punished into oblivion somehow. Um, which I also think is a weird wild card that's still sitting out there. You know, the possibility that like they could lose AJ Hinch and Jeff Lunau for a year. Uh, I don't think, you know, suspensions of that size are out of the question at all after what went down with the Braves and the Capoella scandal. So um, I don't know, maybe some people think the AL AL West is a little bit more up for grabs than I do. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of teams there that seem to want to get in the mix. And, you know, so far none of them's really done anything particularly particularly huge other than the angels getting Rendon and we know they've got major pitching problems. Yeah. And they're in, in, in for the, for the angels too. I mean, even with you giving the Rangers farm system for a second, uh, before we get to the angels, they really, um, in, in terms of just, they, they, but they got a bunch of pitching. I mean, in terms of like their top prospects out there, but in terms of even like athletes, I mean, uh, Leonardo Tar- Tarvis comes to mind, but Bubba, Bubba Thompson, but who knows how far those guys are away. But as far as the Angels are concerned, if they're not willing to trade their top prospects, then 
to you have to ask the question for Matt Boyd. The Matt Boyd trade is then if they're not willing to trade a couple of their guys, why make that trade for Matt Boyd then? Well, I think they're probably willing to trade, but based on them giving up, uh, is it Will Wilson, just to save some money to side Rendon? Yeah, I think I think uh, Adele is off limits. Yeah, um, and they probably like to keep Marsh, but I bet you they trade him if the trade, like if there's a Syndergaard trade or something like that. And then you know they've got Jordan Adams lower if they if they don't want to move Marsh. So they've got some interesting prospects. Was it Jeremiah Jackson? The shortstop, I don't know. Um, yeah, third baseman. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty good in the, the Pioneer League, I believe. So they've got some, and Griffin Canning. You know, they they've got uh, some hope. Maybe he can can come up and be their young solid, maybe yeah. number two, number three starter. But but they can't really trade they, him for that reason because yeah, they yeah. still need like three starters. Yeah, you know? I think they have to trade Brandon Marsh. Like you're not, I mean, you're not going to get even a Matt Boyd. I don't think for for less than Brandon Marsh. Um, you know, he's a, he's a solid prospect, but he's not really regarded, you know, much differently than like Daz Cameron or something. Um, so at least as far as level, not, not saying the tools are exactly the same. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to make up their mind if they want to, if they want to let that go, you know, why would you, if, you know, I, I still thought Brandon Marsh was part-time playing shortstop. And uh, <laughs> since he's not like, what possible use could you have an out for an outfielder in, in Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah. Joe Adele, you got Mike Trout, yeah. you know, you got Upton for a couple more years, you know, you, you probably have yeah. to uh, deal you him before Otani something bad happens. Yeah. You could put Otani out there and write if you want. Yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe Otani could play center. I, I wouldn't put anything past a healthy show by Otani. Yeah, it, it seems like they, I mean, that's why it just it made sense to me. I, I tweeted out that they, the Tigers should try to trade Boyd for it was uh, David Fletcher and yeah. uh, Brandon Marsh get a and, and solid infielder. You know, Fletcher's not. He's another guy who's mostly mostly glove, but he's kind of a old school slap and dash leadoff yeah. hitter. Although I don't think he's that fast, but. Um, it just uh, made sense, you know, that the Tigers have all this pitching, and you know, who knows if any of them will be as good as Boyd or better, but, you know, it's it's their strength, their depth, and the Angels' depth is these, you know, crazy athletic outfielders. It just it seemed like it fit to me, but, and who knows, maybe they've called and were rebuffed, uh, or they just want to build around Boyd. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can turn back to Alavila's own words, you know, where he, he said recently that he didn't, didn't want to necessarily trade Matt Boyd, that we needed Matt Boyd to be good in the here and now, which is what, the, you know, we're now trying to do, um, which, you know, I mean, the cynical perspective is, you know, that's just him trying to undo some of the damage he's done in recent years by being a little bit too forward about like the need to trade someone or, you know, like in certain cases, like the Tigers haven't, have just been, have just wedged themselves into these corners with Nick Cassianos and et cetera. But um, you know, th- that's what he said. You know, I mean, we can only take what he said and, and assume that there's, you know, something behind that until uh, until proven otherwise. But maybe that's it. Maybe he's just trying to make sure the teams aren't calling him thinking he's just going to give them Matt Boyd um, for, for nothing. Yeah. But, you know, th- he's the one who said it. So, and you know, you guys can all get ready because I guarantee you that within the next week I'll have a the Tigers should extend Matt Boyd article out there because they should like they should either be thinking about, you know, yeah. or thinking about moving him or try to lock him up. You know, Matt Boyd doesn't seem like the most uh, acquisitive of, of humans. Um, this is a dude who runs a pretty amazing charity in Africa. You know, like, you know, maybe he's comfortable in Detroit. Maybe the situation is good. He says the same kind of things Nick Castellanos did about wanting to grow the grow with the team. Tigers send some money to the organization by a little goodwill there as well. 
and you lock him up to a, a long-term cheap deal and you've got yourself like a, you know, kind of a starter, you know, coach for the rest of everybody else, you know, maybe not ever a, a number two starter, but like a, you know, an average or slightly better MLB starter with, you know, great leadership traits and, you know, knowledge of all the stuff that all the voodoo that dr- driveline can bring to the table, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they, it just feels like they've got to start making some of these decisions, you know, overall, like however anybody wants to look at it, like what you can't do is just kind of keep just sitting here, like waiting for, for things to work out in your favor. Um, Cause it's, you know, we just haven't seen it happening at all. In fact, the market has consistently lined up against the Tigers and, you know, they've, they've kind of failed to uh, leverage most of their trades. And the, the reason the teardown is over is because they traded most of these guys away and we didn't really get much back, you know, at this point in time. Never know how things will turn out, but yeah, right now all those 2017 trades, you know, overall look fairly grim. So yeah, the teardown's over, but you know, if you're going to try to sell us that you're actually building again, yeah, it's it's time to start taking some actual action somewhere. I didn't mention yeah, so you, we can, you're here. So we can either praise you or yell at you, one of the two. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Need, you need to build that. You need to build that good PR, and right now they don't even have that. Right now, the, the PR right now for the Tigers right now has been virtually a nightmare. And if it's just going to be crickets, then it's just going to continue to spiral where you're going to barely see anybody in the stadium. And that was the case in the second half last year. And I, I think yeah. if the Tigers put something PR-wise of this is what we're attempting to do, then I think that would help out a lot, especially when we talked about this before the podcast began, the state of, and even earlier, the state of Detroit sports right now is in one of just strange, like strange times. Like Everybody's always on Twitter complaining about it. At the same, and we've never seen this before. We've seen the Pistons are not good. The Red Wings have been terrible. The Lions are just continue to be the epitome of like. Here's the thing about the Lions, real, real quick. <laughs> I don't care how bad the Tigers will get. Even even the Tigers in the late '90s under the Randy Smith era and the '03 team, I never, I I kind of almost expected it because I knew like was watch baseball. I was like, okay, this team's not good, but at least Randy Smith was trying. He traded and. He made a lot of bad decisions. The Lions, dis- like the Lions, are the state of disappointment for so long. I'm not. I'm not longer a fan. I don't care about the Lions. The Lions, to me, and oh, you're, you're from Detroit, you should the Lions fan. No, 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 screw that. I'm. I'm sorry. I don't have to be a fan of a franchise that continuously shoots himself in the foot over and over and over again. You can say the same thing about the Tigers. But in the last ten years, at least the Tigers have had some sort of postseason success. What can you say about the Lions? They got screwed over by a ref. And they lost in New Orleans and didn't even have a chance. So to yeah, me, I mean, if, if you want to like put out some long-term futures here, like, yeah, in 10 years from now, would you be more likely to bet that the Tigers will play in a world series or that the, you know, that the lions will win a road playoff game. And I guarantee you, everyone is still going to take the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're just, we're just trained that way. And baseball has more, kind of weird variability it, it feels like it, in that way like you know you could just luck into that one player and it can make a huge impact but there's so many small things that that could happen and, and change in the course of a season and there's so many games that maybe it would work out I think people believe that it's the other way because football has so few games you know it feels like things could be more erratic one injury in football can destroy your season um, but by the same token when you watch the Lions go out there for you know decade after decade and just never really even look like a top 10 team more than maybe once um, in my lifetime. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's just, it just feels like a curse there. Whereas with the, the Tigers, it just feels like, you know, we're, we're just in a, a pretty, you know, 
lousy downturn and that's all so far we're not to the point yet where i think people are giving up on the franchise but to your point everyone was just bored last year you know it's not even a question of like people being mad um at least people still get mad about the lions i guess but uh, i don't know who's out there getting too mad about the tigers at this point because there, there just wasn't any reason to care last year and um from what we saw you know in our traffic and how i personally felt like i didn't care at all either <laughs> it's fun to watch the minor leagues <laughs> like I'm, I'm just just tuning in for uh, you know the the Manning and and Mize and Scoobal starts and all that and that's all that's all I was really there for so. Uh, uh, Chris, I thought you were gonna say something. I'm sorry, uh, but no. Uh, no, I mean I I was just thinking like, I mean we hope that the Tigers don't go into that sort of uh, shell of uh, disastrousness uh, that we saw basically from '88 to 2005. Yeah, you know there was a. You hope that they're not in the middle of that at the beginning of that, but I mean, it's hard to we try not to get too negative, but you do worry that, that whatever they're doing right now isn't going to work out, and then we won't know that for another four years, and then you got to bring in a new regime, and then they're trading off all the assets, and then yeah, it's suddenly you're in year 15 of the rebuild. But, but yes, I, I gave up on the Lions a few years ago, um, because you had gotten to the point where I was rooting for them to lose and then gotten to the point where I just didn't care one bit. And it was like, why? Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is, there's clearly something wrong within that organization. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully that's not the case for the Tigers. Yeah. And, uh, the, the, the interesting thing is that what will, will, that will, that will definitely not change. I think for the lions or for the Tiger, actually for Tiger fans rather is that, at least with Tiger fans, you can have the ability to be optimistic about the the future with the farm system. The farm system gives you hope. With the Lions, you get. Ex- you mean the draft? The draft is <laughs> the draft. Like, yeah, the, the draft. draft. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, like, and, and Chris, I mean, even talking to Chris earlier at lunch, we were having lunch, and I was talking about just our we're total disgust of the Lions. Just like in, in within well within ten minutes, Chris, like the Lions were already down fourteen nothing. Like just just like that. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you're you're updating me on the and I saw Twitter. Yeah, it was like 300 yards to one or something. It's just silly. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, you grow apathetic about uh-huh. it. But uh, so uh, the end. I mean, I think I think we've covered everything. But the one thing I wanted to mention is a couple things. First and foremost, check out Brandon's write up on Austin Roman. You can find it on Bless You Boys and some of the comments on there. Nice job generating 26 comments on on Austin Roman because I just thought that was. 25 more than I expected. Um, only <laughs> well, that wasn't even, and that wasn't even the article when he signed. I think that that article is like at like 180. So yeah, people are still trying, yeah. still trying to hang in here, man. Yeah. So uh, check that out as well. And Brandon, you guys are doing any more podcasts before the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably do a podcast and do a little bit of a roundup with Ashley this week of um, of whatever news comes out, or and just going back through the winter meetings. So we'll do that. We'll talk about Alavila's comments and maybe go into that stuff in more depth. Um, but then, yeah, after that, we'll probably we'll probably take a break to, to the new year. It, what it, what it is right now, it's time for everyone to go write their best of the decade, you know, top ten best plays of the decade, top ten worst plays of the decade, you know, top ten busts of the decade, you know, top ten athletes who never worked out. Blah blah blah. We'll just go on and on with that that concept. I'm sure you'll see that uh, from not just from us, from from a whole host of people. I almost, I almost want to write an Anthony Ghost tribute article uh, <laughs> in regard about a man with that much speed who can throw 100 miles per hour who is literally useless on the league baseball field. You just wouldn't think it could happen, but it could. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely That's a lot funny. of that. There's a lot of that coming up. And then we have a uh, we do have an article Joe's going to be working on 
that'll be released this week. And think for us, I think this is going to probably be the last show of the year, unless there's some breaking news that happens beforehand too, and then we're going to start back up in January. And yeah, there'll be a couple written articles here and there, but for us, I think this will be the last show of the of the month until beginning of the year, and we'll get back in the swing of things. Of course, with February not being too far around the corner, it seems like so. Uh, but yeah, that'll be that'll be it for us. Uh, we want to say thank you for everybody who's listening this year. Especially, we want to say all thanks to all our guests this year. We've had a really impressive amount of guests, and we'll be doing opening day again. I did get some confirmation from George over to Detroit Sports Media. That's nice. So we'll, we're going to try to build it up more, and hopefully, we'll see a lot of more of our uh, people, our friends out there, fans, of course. Uh, thanks to Mark uh, Gurash for all the little production stuff he's done. Uh, just helping us out, getting guests together. Thanks to James Shipman for just really just letting us do our thing and, and continuing, and he'll be hopefully be out of hibernation here in the new year. So he's just taking his time, doing his thing. And, and Joe, again, Joe's been a really good addition to the staff and could be happier with the guy. He's just he's always enthusiastic. A Christmas miracle. He's a Christmas miracle. You know what? He's from Columbus. Yeah, I'm too. You know what? He's from Columbus, and it's yeah. Like, I'm stoked to see what he's up to. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's just it's it's honestly it's it's just like a bizarro thing, but uh, either way, um, yeah, we want to wish everybody a merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. We uh, we Festivus, appreciate yeah. Festivus miracle for everybody out there, and we'll be back in January with um, or again, like I said, unless something breaking news happens, and then we'll do a short podcast, and then yeah, February will be the first one we do on YouTube. So I'm already kind of uh, figuring out how that's going to go. So yeah, the, uh, cool. Chris Brown's basement is going to transform into the us transporting like with a green screen. There's going to be a green screen aspect to it too. We're just uh, we're still working. Oh, on I it. see. Right. Wait, wait, wait! I see what happened here. Like you guys were on TV one time, and now here we go. Ah. Now, you're all, now you're going all big time on us. <laughs> oh. We're gonna we're gonna be broadcasting live from the. <laughs> For, the Brown you know, Cave. Team first start with the Toledo Mudhens. I'm, I'm serious though. We should we should all meet up a whole bunch of times at Toledo and uh, and watch Manning and Mize together. <laughs> we, oh. we need to do that. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm I'm totally down for that. And what's but, all right? But, but, you know what's funny, by the way. Uh, so I called Chris. So what happened was, uh, Jamie Edmonds from Local Four. I'm part of this Detroit Sports Media Board, and I got to meet her Friday. And then she gave me a business. Uh, she gave me a card, and so I guess Kean from Tigers Minor League Report said that she was looking to talk to him about Lou Whitaker, and it just gave me an idea. So I emailed her. I was like, hey, you know, we can talk about Lou Whitaker, Chris and I. And she was like, all right, cool. And then I called Chris, and Chris had Miller's he had Miller's bar for the first time. He actually had a Miller's burger. The verdict, nice. the, the verdict Chris, you, you, you enjoyed it? Yeah, it was tasty. Yeah. And I got the onion rings, and, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. And so uh, I felt uh, I was a little bit greasy and disheveled on the TV, but uh, it's just me. <laughs> yeah, like it was funny because like somebody asked us how long we talked for. I'm like, well, it was technically five, six minutes, but we're gonna get probably ten seconds out of it, and yeah. we didn't. But thank you, the Jamie. But thank you, honestly, thank you, the Jamie Evans for making that happen. And uh, no, we're not. Yeah, we're, I'm putting the putting the podcast name on the damn uh, that like you know that was awesome. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was cool. Yep. That, that was really cool, and that went above and beyond. And I will forever be grateful for that. So. Uh, thank you. And I had uh, my uh, my sister in law told me there was a couple people on her staff. She's a full time teacher, and they, she's like, oh, your last name is something like that. There's like there's this guy on local <laughs> four yesterday that, oh yeah, that's my that's my brother in law. And so, 
that was pretty cool. So that, yeah, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've heard good things about Jamie Edmonds before too. So yeah, that's that's cool. She came through well for you guys. Yeah, she's a she's a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. I actually, oh by the way, I sent her the Jim. She never seen the Jim Leland Barry Bonds link. She, <laughs> she never seen that. So she was. Uh, I sent her that. She's like, well, we we showed it to her before we left, and uh, she had a good time out of that. So yeah, so yeah, like I said, we'll be done for the, the end of the year. Everybody enjoy the holidays. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brandon, for joining us this evening. We really appreciate it. Love you guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, until then, we'll see you next time.